everybody. Welcome to episode 46 of Eat, Drink, Write, and Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. We're going to talk about diversity in writing today. This was suggested by one of our listeners. Uh, Lena Lux is what her um, Instagram is, and that's how she communicated with us was through Instagram and through the YouTube. I think she watches the YouTube. Wow, I was like the Facebook. Out. Oh, my Lord. Okay. I was about to say something because I could not let that one go. It <laughs> just came out wrong. Um, how was your week? <laughs> oh, it's same old, same old. I, you know, I feel like it's a, we're getting towards the holiday season, although that's not really an excuse anymore because this has been stressful for about two months now where my uh, PI is being very stressful and my boss is being very stressful and all that stuff. So um, it, was a, it was a long week. I find myself being angry all the time. So I'm glad we get to come and drink and talk about writing. So that's, Me too. That's cool. Me too. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay. Well, that's all right. Thanksgiving's coming soon. So we'll have a holiday. You going to spend the whole week here or do you know yet? I don't know yet. I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be in the middle of an experiment and Yao is going to do, my PI is going to do some of it for me. Um, so that I can come home, but I don't know if I'm going to be coming home like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving or like the whole week. So. Is Sydney coming? She's got surgeries or is she coming home? She doesn't know yet. Um, so it, there's potential for her to not have to work, but then there also is potential for her to have to work. Um, if she doesn't have to work, then she may go to home to her family. No? No, no. COVID has gotten uh, so bad in all of the states. Her mom is a nurse. Um, oh. And her mom said that there are a lot of COVID cases on her floor and she's feeling very overwhelmed and she would not uh, forgive herself if she gave COVID to Sydney. So, Well, we will make Sydney feel like a family away from family. That's what I told her. Okay. Well, y'all are welcome whenever you can come. I just, I'm going to get my hair done that Monday. <laughs> Woo! Woohoo! <laughs> it's, well, I won't show y'all. It, it needs, it needs work. Um, what oh my week my week i didn't talk about my week my week sucked my week is still sucking my week is just horrific um i have my what i call chaos court next week i'm trying to get that done your dad's birthday's tomorrow which i mean that's a great thing i'm just not ready for it um all of his freaking gifts are coming in late <laughs> of course they are so now I'm going to have to do, I mean, I want him to open something. So now I'm going to have to do pictures and wrap them or do something, which I haven't done yet. I have court tomorrow. Yeah. So at some point I've got to do that. And then I got to get ready for the cast court the next week. And we have our family barbecue this weekend. So yay. Woo. That's my week. Good. <laughs> uh, what are you eating and drinking? So I'm not eating anything. I had planned to eat uh, crackers and meats and cheeses and stuff. Um, but I'm not hungry. So I just decided to forego it. Um, I typically write when I get home from work and I got home late today. Like I got home at like five ish or so, um, which is later than like, usually I get home at four 30. I don't know. I guess it's not that late. Whatever. Don't listen to me. <laughs> but I, I eat a snack right when I get home and then I'm not hungry for like the rest of the night. So I ate uh, chips and cheese dip because that's I think I said at the last episode that's my thing lately is chips and cheese dip. So I got home, ate that, did my notes for this, um, and so I'm not I'm not eating a food for this. But I'm drinking. So I so last night was Sydney's and my 10 month anniversary. Oh. So we went out for drinks and dinner um, on the outside patio of one of the local Mexican restaurants, and I got drunk on margaritas as one does. And, as one does. As <laughs> and we get home and both of us were still like in the mood to drink or whatever. So I made this weird drink with this bottle of green tea that Jordan had given me months ago. And so I put vodka in it, this green tea, and then I squeezed some lemon lime into it. I say lemon lime because the, it, they look weird. I don't know if it's a lemon or a lime. I have no idea. So lemon lime. A lemon. That's what Sydney calls it. <laughs> And it's very good. It's really good. I can't taste the vodka, so it's dangerous. Oh, it's yeah. Great. Did you take a picture so I can post it? No, I should do that before I drink it all, huh? You should do that before you drink it all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to – I've eaten dinner already. 
I mean, like five minutes ago, dinner already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your dad has been wonderful. He made um, cube steak and garden yellow garden squash and Ooh. butternut squash. Just we needed to use some things. You know, we do that um, keto box delivery system, and I did not have it delivered this week because it's his birthday, and then we got the barbecue, and I didn't want it to go bad. It was just a waste, so we skipped this week. So little did I know that he was going to have to be cooking, which he cooks all the time. I've been working so much lately, but um, it, it was a really good dinner. Oh, did I tell you we did the Misfit box of, of vegetables? I got the code uh, discount thing, so... Yes, you didn't you sent tell us, me, but I knew. You sent the discount to me, but I didn't know if I ever told you I actually used it. That's awesome. So that'll be coming in tomorrow. So that's nice. exciting. And Very nice. Yeah, perfect week to do it, too, because I don't have the keto boxes coming in. Yeah. So that's exciting. But I, I had actually cut meats upstairs and forgot to bring them downstairs, so I'm not eating oh. anything. He bought me um, these three. They're the tubes that... Um, oh. salami and pepper yeah. something and something something and yeah. so I had a whole little plate of them and left it upstairs so oh, wow. but I'm drinking and I was gonna make Bloody Marys tonight my mouth is watering <laughs> that is what I really was wanting but I started drinking about 3 30 this afternoon because everything oh. was so shitty it was just a crappy crappy day wow and I'm like, you know what? It's five o'clock somewhere. And so I've been drinking my wine, my little um, pink brute, whatever it's called. I think this yeah. one might, might be Corbell. I usually drink the Michelle brand, but I think I had some Corbell. And so I didn't want to switch to Bloody Mary's when I've got court tomorrow. <laughs> I don't want to have a hangover for court tomorrow. That is fair. So I have some jokes. Oh, hit me with them. And I decided I, there wasn't really anything I could come up with about um, diversity. Yeah. So, well, I mean, there were some bad. I, right. No, right. We're not going there. Um, so I decided on drinking jokes. Oh, great. Yes. Hit, hit me with them. And this one is more of a visual one because it's, it's about punctuation. And I told it to Jordan earlier and she's like, what? So this one might not come across very well. I'm giving up drinking until Christmas. Oh, sorry, my bad. Bad punctuation. I'm giving up drinking until Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got hey, me too. Comma in there. And then the next one is a guy desperate for a drink walks into a candy store. He looks around and after a while, the storekeeper says, can I help you with anything? The guy replies, yeah, I really need a drink. You got any liquor? And the storekeeper says, well, I'm not sure, but there's this here. Well, well, what is it? It's liquor-ish. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I like that one. It was pretty funny. Yeah, and I was great. in the drinking mood, so it fit what I wanted. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about diversity, which is a very serious topic. It is very um, apt right now. And the whole right. world, I think, is, is very aware of diversity issues right now. Um, and Lena Lux, if that's her real name, I don't know, but that's her, her Instagram name. Oh, she's a dancer. You should go check out her um, Instagram site, Lena L-I-N-A Lux. And I think she, she dances ballet, so just hmm. beautiful pictures on her site. Um, Lovely. But go check it out. But anyway, yeah, she, she is struggling with trying to write diversity, which I think is a very important thing right now. I think we do need to embrace diversity in, uh, you know, the United States is a mess right now. And I, I think we do need to embrace our differences and celebrate our differences that's what the united states was made of is this melting pot of different cultures and we should be proud of that as opposed to how things have been lately and so i think this is a very um timely topic yeah i think so too and so, it's important it's a big one it is super important so what do we mean what is this diversity thing we're talking about 
diversity includes a range of differences from gender, sexual orientation, race, age, religion, abilities or disabilities, anything that lends a different uh, lens, I guess, to say uh, through which a character might view and therefore respond to the world. It's, um, you know, the history of fantasy. We talked about this, I think, in our very first episode when we were talking about urban fantasy. Fantasy itself started out as being a white male character was always who that that lead character was, always a white male character. Right. Um, very little other cultures other than in fantasy, which we'll, we'll get into later, there's different in a, in a non world like what we're dealing with here. Um, there are different cultures and that kind of thing. But I urban fantasy. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, I think it's important to point out too that just like the history of publishing, the history of um, novels and fiction in general is typically skewed towards the white male viewpoint. Um, so it's not just fantasy that this has been an issue in. I know that we talk about fantasy because that's what we write. Um, right. And so I'm sure that's why you brought it up. But I think it's important to reiterate that there is just a long-standing history of, um, you know, uh, uh, lack of diversity, I guess. I agree. I agree. Um, urban fantasy has changed that a little bit because as we talked about in that first, first two episodes, a lot of urban fantasy is defined by female main characters. Right. Yeah. Um, but rarely do you see people of color. Yeah. Whether yeah. they're black or Hispanic, whatever, you don't see that. It's, it's, even if it's a female, it's a white female. Mm -hmm. So why have diversity in your novels? Why even think about it? Because it's real life. Um, the world is diverse and that's part of what leads to interest and conflict. And I mean, it, it, you want your book to be realistic. We did an episode on making the um, unbelievable believable. You know, right. you've got to have what is reflected in the real world for your reader to, to identify with. Yeah. Um, it adds depth, you know, think of the Stepford wives. I don't know. That's a really, really old one. I think the original one was back in the sixties, which I was too little to watch, but I know my parents watched it, but yeah. um, you know, this cookie cutter type character, where everybody fits into this little niche where they're supposed to fit. That's boring. Right. And so we want diversity. That's where the interest comes from. That's where ideas come from. Um, so the different, there is a difference though, between having diversity in your books and writing from a diverse point of view. I'm, I'm really glad that you made that point. Cause I, I've done a lot of thinking about it myself and I'll talk about it more as we go further into this. Um, but that's probably something that I'm going to reiterate a lot. Uh, I think a lot of the thoughts that I had as we were, uh, or as I was going through, um, research in my own notes is basically just there, there is that difference. Um, and just to be aware of that difference. So I think so too, because well, I'll get into it later. We're, yeah. the, first, the first difference, let's, let's talk about gender. Sure. So, um, we can imagine what other genders might think, but we don't necessarily really know what they think. We can empathize, we can um, imagine, but be very careful when you're trying to portray another gender's point of view, because if you don't know, if that's not your gender, be very careful. I mean, think about it, be, be cognizant of that. There are many different genders, uh, things that I had never even thought of. Um, Riley is actually much more adept at knowing all the different genders just because that generation is more open-minded about it. Um, yeah. you know, you've got gender neutral, you've got non-binary, non you've got agender, pangender, gender queer, two-spirit, which I still don't know what that is. Um, third gender, you've got all of the above, none of the above, and you've got a combination of the above. You know, and, and all of those things are okay. But don't try to write from the, like, 
for me to try to write from the, the perspective of, of a two spirit, I don't, I don't even know what that is. That would be wrong of me to, to, to do that without proper research and understanding of what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe it's difficult to write from a point of view of a gender you don't know because that character sees through the glasses of that, you know, of what their experiences are. And without us having been in, in those shoes, we aren't looking through the same lenses. Our glasses are totally different. Right. Um, and so, you know, you've, you've got to be careful. I mean, growing up, you and Courtney and uh, you and Courtney, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, both being gay or bi, um, you know, I've seen your all's friends that were kicked out by their parents. Right. Um, and how horrible. So I can empathize because I have seen the horror that those children have gone through because their parents disowned them because of their sexual orientation. Right. Um, so I can empathize with that, but there's a difference between empathizing and truly understanding and just be aware when you're writing to think about that. Yeah. 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 Um, you and I uh, identify as women. Yeah. Uh, and specifically here, I'm going to cut in and just say cisgender women. Um, Cause there's a difference between, you know, cisgender, which is, you know, I was uh, assigned female at birth and I identify as a woman. Um, you know, that's, that's very different from the experiences of a transgender woman. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that woman has had to go through experiences that I, as a cisgender woman, have never had to deal with. Um, yeah. So again, just be aware of, of differences there in that kind of thing. Yeah, and what I have to bring up is I, I am in my Hallow series, which is my Elemental series. I was doing the chapters from different character points of view and I attempted to write from the male point of view and, you know, he's supposed to be this virile man that's, you know, tough and all of that. And when you read it, you're like, Oh mom, this is not good. You're like, this guy comes across as gay because he, I had him noticing things that I as a female would notice, but men don't, look at people and things the same way. I very much remember that. And I, the only reason that he came across as gay was because he was very much noticing another man's body and the way that he was describing that man's body. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Like, I don't, I don't view that as like a straight man kind of thing. Yeah. A straight man doesn't necessarily. And you know, I, I need to, and all of us as writers, when we're going to write a, point of view that we're not familiar with bounce it off someone that has that experience. I should have asked your father. I should right. have said, yeah. you know, read this chapter. Does it read right? And, and yeah. that would have helped, helped me. If you have trans, uh, transgender friends and you're trying to put, you know, have them read it, have them be a beta reader to help you tweak it, to make it correct. Right. Right. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've had my own, my own issues with trying to write other, other genders, but this isn't to say I can't and that I can't fix that because right. I think in that particular book, it's going to be important to have his point of view. And, you know, I was thinking about, um, Cresley Cole, she writes chapters from the male point of view. So I know it can be done. I just have I to, to point out. I do want to point out with that though, is that you were writing in first person, whereas Cresley Cole does write in third person. And I think that there, there is a difference there. Um, I think you're right. With third person, you're not necessarily uh, in the head of that character. You know, it's it's being told outside of that character's head. Um, you're looking in on his life rather than being inside his head with him. So I want to. I just want to point out that that's that's probably more difficult to do um, with a first person book. Do you think it would be wrong to write my main main character, Hallow, from her first person, and then do all the other chapters? in third person? I wouldn't say wrong. Um, I mean, as with anything, like you can break the rules. Right. There is no right or wrong, but do you think it would be disconcerting to my reader? I don't know. I don't know either. That may be the way to get around that problem because I am a very, um, 
I, I do not think like a man, apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, I, your, your thought processes are, are of a woman, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So, I mean, I just, I just know that because I think it is important to have his point of view, I have to figure out how to do it and how to do it well, because the first draft was not done well. And I actually haven't even finished that first draft. I, you as my beta reader, read chapter by chapter by chapter. And I think I was, I don't know, I don't know how many chapters in, 10 chapters in, but you read them chapter by chapter. And that one was like, you were like, mom, no, absolutely. No, mom. Only because I knew that that's what you were not trying to get across. <laughs> yeah, no, because I wanted him to be, I mean, what I, that, what that scene, I was trying to get across the point that the other character that he was noticing was always um, did everything right. You know, he gets through a fight and is still clean. And right. he's gotten he's gotten in trouble because he's had to have new uniforms every time he gets into a fight. That was what I was trying to get across. But to get that across, I had him noticing the body of this other guy in a way that I don't think guy a straight guy would notice. Right. Yeah, that was problematic. That doesn't mean that I can't fix it and work through it, which I, I think I will because I have, I really need it to be from his point of view. Right. Um, whether I change that to third person, which might help it, or whether I can be creative enough to do it in first person and, and just try to um, have help from, from men and getting that point across. Yeah, absolutely. Um, further. Uh, so I'm probably going to make this point a lot too with every category that we talk about. Uh, but think about all of the people that you've met in your life, how specifically you interact with them and how they interact with you. Ask questions of your friends. Um, you know, hopefully you have a variety of friends. Um, reach out to them. Uh, reach out to the writing community. The writing community on Twitter is amazing. Um, if you have a simple question, a lot of them are very nice and will jump forward and be like, hey, I'm happy to answer this question for you. We can talk more about it. And I think um, there's a lot of diverse people on Twitter. So it, and I don't think that you'll offend them because they, you know, if someone wanted to know from me, um, if a male was wanting to know from me, what does a straight white woman think and what would she do? I would be more than glad to say, you know, this is what, this is how I see the world. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the best way that you're going to be able to understand people in general. Um, and it'll help you be a better writer. Uh, in terms of the, the gender inclusion that you have in your writing. Um, mm -hmm. So definitely reach out to people, I think is my biggest advice. Um, just like knowing how people interact to you as you ask those questions is even uh, a good way to, to figure out how, how to go about it. Um, like you said before, be wary of trying to write as though you understand what a character feels when it comes to gender identity. Uh, I think that this will, again, be a recurring point that I make as we go through this topic. Um, and not just uh, with gender identity, but with the other categories that we have that we're going to talk about. Uh, but when I consume media that includes diversity, I like to explore the thoughts of that specific demographic. Um, so I have an example, which is where I just played Last of Us 2 with my girlfriend, and it has a gen uh, transgender character in it. Um, and from my worldview, the way that I understand things, I thought they did very well with it. Um, I still went and found articles and blogs and posts written by transgender people about this game to see what they thought of it uh, so that I could understand, you know, what was their point? What was their viewpoint of it? Did they think that it, that it did well? And I think, you know, uh, reading those articles written by transgender people was, you know, those hold a lot more weight um, when it comes to opinion on, that, on those matters. I want to learn. I want to know what they think of it. Um, and if it was done poorly, I want to know why um, and understand better. And that's going to help me be a better writer in the future as well. So, and, and I think not just writers, but readers and people in general are trying in, in this era that we're living in, the things that are going on right now, at least in the United States. And I, I know they're going on in other countries as well. Right. We are all trying to come together and unite and understand each other. And so not just with reading and writing, but ask questions, you know, diversity is a good thing. 
that's what makes the world go round. We don't want to be Stepford wives. I'm, I'm just telling you that's, we love different people. Um, Did I cut you off or did you finish your point? No, no. My point was just, you know, seek out articles written by people of the demographic that you're interested in, in portraying. I think that's important. You want to get the viewpoint of those people. Yeah, definitely. Don't, don't presume anything. Right. Um, the next category is race, which is a big one right now. Um, I am a white person, so I grew up with white privilege. I, I know that I did. So I'm already different from some people out there is that I, I understand that I did. Um, my problem was, is my parents were so open that I didn't even know race was an issue. Mm -hmm. I grew up not even realizing that it was a thing. We were just all people, which is, which is good and bad. It's good because I see people as people. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what sexual orientation you are. I don't care what disability or ability you have. To me, I grew up and I grew up in academia. My parents were both in college um, academia. I, I never knew in some ways it was a disservice because I didn't know the real world. I grew up in this utopian sense of everybody's everybody. What are you talking about? Right. And it wasn't until I dated a black boy in, in high school that my dad was like, you know, you just need to be aware that there's going to be reaction to that and we're for it, whatever you want to do. And I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, I had no idea. Right. So, um, uh, I had a point. Um, I, I've never had any concept of seeing anybody different than myself. And yeah. to me, they still aren't, which is also white privilege to, right. to make that comment where, Oh, we're all equal. Okay. Right. Right. Not all equal. Absolutely not all equal. I am, I, but I just didn't know it in my younger years. Um, yeah. uh, but they are, everybody's human. And so keep that in mind, you know, but they, people that are of a different race have a different, you know, I keep going back to the lens that you're looking through. They have a different way of looking through things based on what their experiences have been. Um, right. Courtney in, in um, Indiana said that she had a black friend, a, a guy, black friend, and his whole view of the police was totally different than, you know, I grew up thinking, Oh, the police are, and I still think because I am in law enforcement, I, I still believe that the majority of the police are, are good people, but he grew up being afraid of the police. Whereas I grew up thinking, Oh, these are my heroes. They're to protect me. And that's something to be cognizant of when you're writing these books. Don't have a person, a black person, think of what their reactions would be in a situation. You know, you've, you've got to think about these things. Um, in freaking fairies, I still have the issue of, of not seeing anybody as raw different. I don't see color as being one of those markers. It, you know, everybody is individual. So in freaking fairies, Beck's ex-husband is black and her best friend is black. And that doesn't, and I don't even mention it. I mean, it's not even, and honestly, I don't even know that the reader knows that they're black because I don't know that I described them in, in my mind, they're black, but I don't know. Right. Well, and that, and that's, an important point because there there are ways to get it across you know you can say that he's a black man that's not a bad thing to say like that's who he is um you know you can get that across in your writing and you don't have to be overboard with it you know he's just a person um yeah you know there's just there are ways to do it yeah and so yeah go ahead yeah so i mean like i think you covered it pretty well we can't understand what others go through because we haven't experienced the lives of others um, ourselves when it comes to things like race. We just can't. We're white people. We're white people in America. We know that we're, we have the white privilege. We have not uh, had to experience um, difficulties in society based on the color of our skin. There's just right. no way we can do that. So we can't right. write as if we know that. Right. Um, I think my advice here is something along the lines of 
you know, you can have a character um, that's a race other than your own, uh, but don't try to write it in a way that makes it seem like you know exactly what someone has experienced in terms of that race, um, you know, because you haven't, if, if you're not that race. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can, and you should have a variety of characters, including different races, even if you, uh, the writer, are a white person like myself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I've seen like a lot of different posts on Twitter uh, talking about the issue of race and writing and media and representation and that kind of stuff. Um, I've seen people say, you know, oh, I could tell that it was a white author who wrote this novel due to the portrayal and uh, the portrayal of the main character's experiences and views in the world where the main character was a black woman. So it was very obvious to this um, Twitter user who was a black woman herself. And she was like, I could tell that this was not written by a black person. So just do your research, really. Um, try to understand exactly what you're writing if you want to delve into the topic of race in your stories. Be aware that, you know, maybe that's not your story to tell. Your, your story is not to tell the experiences of a black woman as a black woman. But maybe, you know, your main character is a black woman and she has to deal with the end of the world. You know, right. there's, there's a difference there. Because we're um, humans. That, that's the thing. It, it, you know, just because they're, they're black doesn't have anything to do with the meat of the story. But I do think it's important that we as writers bring diversity into our books because we want our readers, you know, it's kind of an education thing. It's like the TV shows and the whatever. It helps get this diversity out there so that right. more and more people will understand that this is a normal thing. This is a good thing. It is, it is what it is. We, we are what we are. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And so, you know, talk to people of that demographic, yes. talk to Latina, Latino, talk to, um, uh, black people, talk to Indians, talk to native Americans, you know, talk to, talk to people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think racial diversity is, is super important because for so long it's just been white people. Yeah. It's been white people in everything. Yeah. Um, so it's extremely important to also get it right. Yeah, we got to change that too. We want to make sure that, you know, and it starts with us. We, if, if we're published authors, that gives us a forum right. to help promote this issue and help get it out and, and help people, you know, just because we might not be in a classroom setting where we can teach people, but if we have a fan that likes our work, that is an opportunity to teach that person. You know, I, I think of our family, your father's side of the family. And, you know, if I get published, I know they'll read my books. And if I can use that as an opportunity to teach them that diversity is a good thing, then yeah. by all means, you know, we should use this power that we have to do that. Yeah, I think my advice in, in writing race is, again, do your research. Um, there's a lot of information about out there about you know, what are hurtful stereotypes and don't fall into those. So, you know, research the stereotype of the race that you're trying to portray. Mm -hmm. um, you know, be aware of what seems to be true um, about those stereotypes and why they're not, if, if they're completely wrong. Um, talk to people of those races, like I said. Um, just be aware of word choice. Uh, one thing that I see a lot is, um, you know, people used to describe the color of other skin as foods, like a food type of color. And that is not something that you should do because it equates um, those people to objects as opposed to people. Um, okay. It's not a bad thing to say that they have brown skin as opposed to like coffee skin or whatever, you know? And, and that's obviously not a ground rule. I could be completely wrong about it. Call no, me out. That, that makes sense to me, absolutely. I, I didn't think about that before. But I've seen people who say that that's offensive um, I'm sure there are some people who probably don't care. I don't know, but just be aware of things like that, of word choice and the way that you describe people, um, and the kind of characters that you make them. Uh, I mean, so every word, every word in our novels should have a purpose. So yeah, we should right. be aware of every word because we don't want a 500,000 word pay. You know, we've got to make it size and every word should have a purpose. So yes, you should be thinking about every word that you're using. Right. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that with the food. Um, sexuality. Um, this is another group that I always just considered normal. 
because they are. Um, but I personally don't have any experience with that and with the prejudices that those, that group, you know, and I've got two daughters who are gay. So, um, but you need to be careful when you're writing about sexual diversity as well. Don't, you know, as, don't assume there are so many stereotypes about yeah. You know, yeah. this kind of thing and whatever. I mean, I don't want to make these generalized <laughs> stereotype comments, but um, just be careful. I mean, I think in Frickin' Fairies, one of my characters is bisexual, but I don't even say that. It's just, you just see, I mean, it's just, it, it happens in the course of things. It's not something I bring attention to. Um, the the face sexuality is quite broad anyway. Right. They are they they do their thing. Um, it it just is, and I didn't feel any reason to point it out just because right. it is. I mean, and and when you do point it out, and that's I'm going to read an article or parts of an article when we get done. Um, and it talks about that too. As soon as you point it out, you're making it different you're you're ostracizing it or you're making whatever it's not the norm so right. just be very very careful um yeah. you probably have a whole lot more to say about this topic than i do because you are gay not not a whole lot but i will i will say a few things um so most of my books if not all of them have lgbtq plus characters mm -hmm. uh i can't help it I'm gay, therefore I view the world that way. I naturally gravitate towards writing people who are like me. Mm -hmm. um, it's what I understand from who I am and where I come from in my own experiences. So most of my books have some kind of LGBTQ uh, plus representation. Mm -hmm. um, that said, I'm not an expert on it. Uh, I am one of many. Um, I have my viewpoint and what I've been through and what I've seen and what I have experienced. Um, you know, other people have, have their own experiences. So I'm, you know, I can say as much as I want to about this, but uh, I am still just one voice in this community. Um, On that point, um, we as women, going back to gender. Yeah. You know, we are, we're just, even though we're white females, we're just one, we're each a voice in that. Right. My experiences as a white female are different than other women's experiences. I mean, when I, being in a male-oriented uh, job, being a lawyer when I started, because I am old, um, when I went to the circuit that I started working in, I was one of two females in five county in a five-county circuit. Yeah. And the judges would call me sweetheart, and they would call me, you know, Miss Sherry, whereas the man would be Mr. Smith, but I would right. be Miss Sherry. Right. Um, so those are my experiences but not every white female has experienced that either. Right. So every individual is individual, even right. within the black community or the Hispanic community or the LBGTQ community. Um, just because, you know, don't make broad, oh, she's a white female or she's a Hispanic female or he's a Hispanic male. There, each individual person still has their own experiences. So yeah. that's a yeah. good point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, again, my advice on this is to talk to a lot of people. Talk to a lot of people. Um, you know, these days it's more accepting to be uh, open about sexuality. Um, and so there are a lot more people who are willing to talk about it. Thank um, goodness, right? Right. So reach out to friends and family and community and whatever with the in intent to understand them. And that'll help you, you know, get an idea for how you might want to portray one of your characters in your novels. Mm -hmm. um, once you do that, you know, you might find that the characters walk into your head uh, are like the people that you've talked to. And so you have a better understanding of, oh, this is, this is who you are. I get, I get who you are. I can put you on the page. But um, don't, don't forget they're, they're, they're still human beings too. Right. No, absolutely. Um, avoid blatant stereotypes. Uh, we all know the stereotypes of, you know, the flamboyant gay or yeah. the butch uh, lesbian and all that kind of stuff. Just be aware of them. Um, understand people as people. And that's, that's pretty much 
Mm-hmm. All I have to say on that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I think is really interesting is uh, labeling. Um, you don't have to label your characters. You were talking about how your character in Frickin' Fairies is bisexual, but you don't even say it. Yeah. Um, some, some people prefer not to use labels. Some people absolutely prefer labels. Uh, it's a matter of preference. Uh, people are people, you know, I think sexuality is very much a spectrum um, and you fall somewhere on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether you're all the way at this end or all the way at this end or somewhere in between. Uh, do what feels right for your character and do your research. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we could go all day on the research that you could do for these characters. But I think what you find uh, for yourself as a writer is going to be more useful than what we will tell you. Right. Um, also, since I have a little experience with the LGBT community, um, I've been involved with it. I've talked to a lot of people from this community. I'm more than happy to answer any questions you guys might have of just one little lesbian in the LGBTQ community. Um, so feel free to reach out. Definitely. Um, the next topic would be religion. This is another one I don't really have a lot of experience with. We weren't overtly religious growing up. Um, you know, the golden rule has always been what we were taught do as to others as you would have done, done unto you. Um, so it's hard for me to understand that there is diversity. I mean, to me, everybody is just human. So, and I mean, I know I'm, I'm, yeah, well, no, but I, I get that. But also, you know, just be aware of religious stereotypes. You know, there are obviously stereotypes about Muslims and there are stereotypes about Hebrew, you know, just, just be aware of these different cultures. And if you have characters that are part of those cultures, make sure you understand it. Yeah. Um, Again, do your research. Like it's, it's, I know we're saying that a lot. Well, at least I am, I'm saying it over and over and over. But do I mean, the research, read up on it, understand where it comes from, understand why customs are the way that they are uh, before you decide to write about it. Because if you write it wrong, then you will get called out. So just be aware. And call us out, by the way. I mean, oh, 100%. I think I said it earlier. to talk about diversity. So, I mean, at least as women, we do have some understanding of, you know, the prejudice that is out there and the, the, the slight things that people can um, experience, but yes. Right, well, I mean, and then also, as the, as the LGBTQ community, there have, you know, I walk across the street here in Georgia holding my girlfriend's hand, and I have to be aware, like, make sure a car is not going to come and hit us. You yeah. know, that's, that's an experience that I have here in Georgia, which granted, I live in a blue county, so, like, that's helpful. But yeah. it's still something to be, like, I'm aware of my surroundings and where I am and who is around when I am out with my girlfriend. So it's like everybody has different experiences and that shapes the way they think about things. It's, you know, I walk into the grocery store and that's what I'm thinking about. Not like, oh, I want to get bananas, you yeah. know, so just something to be aware of. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to just bring up a couple more categories. Um, disabled people um, yes. is a big one. Uh, stigma surround those with disabilities all the time. Um, you know, you can have characters that are disabled in your novels, and I think you should. I think, you know, you absolutely should. Um, I don't see a lot of disabled people or characters in urban fantasy, but when I do, like, I I absolutely love it. Um, Because the ones that I've seen, at least, have turned out to be characters just like other characters. Um, You know, they're not defined by their disability, uh, but at the same time, their disability is a part of them, is an important part of them, and they're so badass. Like, they're just so cool. And I think that's really important to portray. I have a story. Yeah. So when I was pregnant with you, I was in a wheelchair because you decided to sit on my sciatic nerve. Yay me. And I could barely walk. And my boss, the DA in Gwinnett County was like, you know, because I was walking like, you you know, from Carol Burnett, um, Tim Burton, he would walk, you know, like this, like, that was how I was walking. And he's like, no, we're not going to have this. So I was in a wheelchair and I ended up, I had to use a wheelchair when I went grocery shopping. I just, you, you caused me a lot of pain child. Um, But it was so interesting being in a wheelchair as to how people treated you. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. 
Well, the way that people view it, because like I said, there's a lot of stigma around it. One of my best friends in high school was in a wheelchair, is in a wheelchair. And she, the things that I had to watch her deal with, I was like, wow, I never thought of that as something that Mm -hmm. people would say to other people. Like it just didn't, it it never crossed my mind until I was friends with her. And that that just like blew my mind, which is good. It's a good thing. I was exposed to that. um, I think it's important that I understand that. And well, she doesn't feel, you know, obviously it impacts her life, but she uh, has embraced it. Um, and we had a lot of conversations about it. And, you know, I think it was interesting. She, she's a cool chick. I, I love her. She and yeah. I bonded over uh, shark movies. She Sharknado likes Sharknado or something. Shark, Sharknado. Oh, she and I loved all. We, we were talking and it was like, yeah, I like that movie too. Yeah, oh my I like that movie too. And so now every time I see a shark, anything, I'll on Facebook, I'll post a shark, or whatever. I just I love Julie. She's she, yeah, awesome. she loved the the uh, four yeah, or five movies. It was very strange. I would be. I remember clear as day. I think it was Kroger. I was in in the wheelchair, and this little boy asked me, "Oh, what's wrong with you?" And his mother was mortified, and so her behavior affected him because now he thought it was wrong to talk to someone in a wheelchair right it it was just and I didn't I know I was like oh I've got a baby in my tummy and you know I can't walk and I I didn't have a problem with she was mortified huh interesting yeah Yeah. very very interesting so I think I think it's important to you know portray those characters for that exact reason you know Mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing to discuss um, I mean, obviously be aware of who you're talking to, um, you know, be respectful, but, uh, I think it's important to show that disabilities are not, they don't make a person, um, there's more to them. And even, you know, it's obviously a big part of their lives, but, um, you know, a lot of the time just, just talk to them. They're, they're just people they're, they're um, just like anyone else. Just people. Yeah. Uh, and then I wanted to go to uh, into just a little bit, not a lot, because I don't know that much about this. Feel free to reach out with more information on it if you want to hear more about it. Um, I always want to learn about different things. Uh, but neurodiverse people, um, and so this includes people with uh, autism or social and learning di- differences and that kind of thing. Uh, each person is different. The way that our brains are developed are different. Um, how they learn might be different. How they view the world based on physical differences in the brain is probably going to be different. There's a lot of different viewpoints out there. Um, and, you know, it's important for kids and people of neurodivergence to understand that or to, to see characters like that, like themselves in writing. Yeah, the um, TV series Sherlock Holmes, not the European one, the one with, um, uh, what's her name? Asian woman um, and he. Elementary? Was, yes, elementary. He ended up. It, that was that is a really good show at trying to bring in diversity as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the Asian doctor that's Watson. You've got him who I think he himself might be some kind of on the autism spectrum just because, I mean, super, super brilliant, but not as good at dealing with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he fell in love with an autistic woman who was also brilliant and I thought it was handled very well and see, but I'm not autistic. So I don't know if it was handled to me as an outsider, it was handled well and it educated me. That's specifically why I seek out articles written by people of that demographic that I'm curious about. Um, you know, because like I said, with Blast of Us 2, transgender character, I wanted to know if they actually did portray it very well. Um, mm-hmm. And so I went and read a lot of articles about it. And the, the answer was, yeah, they did okay in some parts, and they didn't do as well in other parts. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's how it's going to be all over the place. So. Yeah, and be careful as a writer to not use some kind of diversity as um, just uh, gratuitous whatever, you know, don't, don't use it. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I can't get that thought out of my brain, but just be be careful when you write it. So going on to how to handle this in urban fantasy, because that's what you and I write, right? You know, 
urban fantasy tends to have diversity in other areas like witches and zombies and werewolves. Mm -hmm. And you should also be very careful of writing those as well. Think, think about how would a witch deal with, you know, what is her lens that she's looking through at the world? What is a werewolf's uh, lens? One of the, the best movies, well, I love this movie anyway, the Underworld series. Yeah. That is an excellent example of diversity. You know, you had the werewolves and the vampires, and it was outright blatant prejudice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, like, yeah, the vampires think, hated the werewolves, and that prejudice was at the root of that entire series. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of my favorite parts of urban fantasy in general. Um, you know, so, of it, so much of it can be done via metaphor for real-world concepts and issues, et cetera, such as racism or sexism or whatever. Um, I think urban fantasy is a really great genre to get those issues across while also dealing with werewolves and vampires. Yeah. Um, and without being preachy about it, you can get your right. point across without, right. you know, being preachy and it might actually be more received, more receptive. The people might be more receptive. Interesting. <laughs> well, I'm, um, I don't know how many drinks in I have been drinking for a while, but, um, um, also, Religion and urban fantasy. We had, we did a topic on adding gods and religion to urban fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, that can also help create conflict and you can use religion and urban fantasy that way. Although the religion and urban fantasies are usually not like our religions in this world. Um, right. But it's still something to think about. You know, I've got my, my D and D background where, where you've got the, the chaotic neutral and whatnot. You got clerics, and paladins, which are lawful good and um, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, all in all, I think urban fantasy is a great mechanism for including more diversity. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, but keep in mind, you shouldn't, the goal is not to say, oh, I need to have diversity in my novel. I have a black character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, 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 no. That is not, you know, like with frickin' fairies, Beck just happened to have been married to a black guy. And I don't yeah. you know. I'll have to go back now and look and see if I even was able to get that point across. I mean. Which I think you should. I think it's important. Um, you know, the fact that uh, he just is, he just happens to be black, like is great, but I think you should get that across too. Yeah. So and now I'll have to go back and reread. I need to rework that beginning anyway. Um, and as authors, we can use this medium to help uh, show diversity and, you know, from the way we use it in our novels, we can show, you know, we have a lot of power as writers. Mm -hmm. And once we're published and we have a fan base, we have a huge ability to get ideas across. And diversity is, is, a, is a great thing, especially in our world right now, we're, we're all kind of broken and the United States is a little bit broken right now. Um, and it would be great to be able to use our power as an author to get, to help fix it. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I love urban fantasy cause it is a women, a woman based mostly not always, you know, like Dresden files and that kind of thing. I love the right. Dresden files, but, um, have more women in ruling positions and positions of power, make it normal. Yeah. The more that our audience reads that these are normal things, black people in power, Hispanic people in power, women in power, the more it becomes accepted as normal and it right. is normal and we need to get it there. That is something that we need to, to work on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, oh, and also, you can get across the opposite point that the lack of diversity is, uh, <laughs> my brain just had a fart. I'm sorry. <laughs> sure did. The lack of diversity is a bad thing, I think, is what you were going for. 
Like you can use urban fantasy to get that point across by having a lack of diversity in your novel um, yeah. and showing how that is a horribly bad thing. Yeah, what she said. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as I said earlier, don't be preachy about it. Um, I do love that being in the arts, like writers and movie makers and, you know, play writers and that kind of thing, we, we have the power to get this point across. I love TV series that have more and more and more diversity. You'll, you see more and more gay people and more and more um, black people. And I, I just think it's wonderful. And that's a very powerful thing because we've got this ability to reach people. Um, we want to make it normal because it is, I mean, right. diversity is normal and we can educate people into seeing that as well. I think so too. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily just about educating people either though. Like I think it's more about, well, not even more about, but I think, uh, a really great thing about having diversity in your novels is that it gives representation um, to those that are being represented. Because um, when I was figuring things out with uh, being attracted to women and like all that kind of stuff, um, consuming media with characters that I was, that, that felt like me, that also liked women, um, was, was great. It was a really cool thing to see, oh, there are other people like me, obviously, like, and, and I can relate with that character. Um, so it was inspiring for whenever I decided to come out to you um, and my the rest of the family um, and my friends and everything. So it was a it was a great thing to have a variety of characters to look up to and relate to. Like that's just I think that's an important thing. Um, you know, to have a little girl look up at the TV and be like, oh my gosh, a little girl can be president. You know, would would be amazing. Yes. Um, overall, I think we're basically saying do your research. Uh, if one of your characters walks into your head and says, hey, I'm gay, I'm with this dude, um, then read up on it, reach out to your friends, your family, your community um, to get a better idea of it. Uh, we can't really tell you how to write diversity. There's just a lot of different opinions. I don't think there's one right way to do diversity. Um, there are wrong ways to do diversity. So it's, it's just a matter of, um, you know, read, read a lot. Um, and that's actually my next point is read a lot of books, uh, read outside of your normal genre, read, um, you know, LGBTQ writers, read writers of other races, read neurodivergent writers, just get so much reading in and it'll help you to, um, kind of start to see how they view the world. Which um, I think how other people view the world. writers generally are readers. And so that mm -hmm. is usually, I mean, a lot of what we talk about in all of our episodes are things that come naturally to writers. It's just, it is what you do. But right. I, I did think that this was a topic that was really important, especially in today's world right now. Yeah, I think so too. Um, um, I do have an article that I would like to oh. go into. Yeah. This was written by uh, Naomi Nakashima on March 20th of 2020. So it's a very new article. And she was talking about how to get um, diversity into your novels. And she said, number one, be genuine. She said, if you're looking for a fad, this is not the way to do it. Um, yeah. You know, does it make sense that, you have that token black guy at the high school in rural Minnesota, you know, if, if, right. if you have token anything, that's not, right. that's not right. Um, yeah. It's not genuine. Um, be consistent. So if you describe a person of color in your books, but you don't describe the white person in your books, that's not consistent. Yeah. Um, it implies that the white is the norm in your world. Mm -hmm. If you have to describe the sexual orientation um, of a bi or pansexual person, then and you don't describe anyone else's sexual orientation, then you immediately set heterosexual as the norm. Yep. Um, all you've done is describe an outlier, and describing an outlier has very little to do with real diversity. Um, she said, stay away from stereotypes, which is what you were talking about. Yeah. She said, first of all, using a stereotype, even one that isn't meant to be derogatory or harmful, is lazy. 
she said second it doesn't tell us your story you know right you're, yeah. you're, you're cheating basically she says don't worry about who you're gonna offend and we might have offended people with our topic today but i think it's an important topic to talk about so yeah, yeah we are open for you to say hey you what you said was wrong and this you know and please do if we said something wrong call us out because i will fix it and i will adjust my learning yeah you know basically in today's world it's a given that you're going to offend somebody um and if you worry about being offensive and it prevents you from writing you're defeating the whole purpose you you've got to um you you've got to write you can't not write because you're afraid of of, of offending someone yeah uh, and but we're all willing to learn too yeah um do your research like you said take your time get your story written um the focal point of your story shouldn't well you, you shouldn't make the fact that you've got that, that black guy in there as the focal point of your story, unless you're writing about the black guy, you know, that might be the story that might be what you're trying to get across is his, his story. Right. Um, but it shouldn't be otherwise. It shouldn't be the focal point. Otherwise, like with, the, with fricking fairies, you know, she, she was married to a black guy that has nothing to do with anything. So, right. I mean, it was just, he's her ex-husband, other than the fact that he's a controlling asshole sometimes, but you know, that has nothing to do with his, his race. Yeah. Um, uh, it should be normal. And let's see, what else does she say? She says, um, above all else, your characters are people. Mm -hmm. She said, well, they might be aliens or vampires or bunnies, but I'm sure that you get my drift here. People are people. We don't walk into a cafeteria and then talk about the differences of our skin colors and religions. We just don't. That's not what an everyday person does. Exactly. Uh, the moment you highlight a character's black skin, you make white the norm. So if you want diversity to be the norm, you don't make a point of highlighting it, which I thought was an excellent, excellent point. Yeah. So really interesting article. That's Naomi Nakashima from March 2020. She, that's awesome very very good um yeah i think she made some really good points mm -hmm. um, and points that i think we touched on a little bit so i think so i think so uh my last note is just reach out if we did get something wrong uh please correct us we're learning we're constantly learning i know i constantly am learning um and we'd love to continue to learn and and better our views of the world so definitely that's all i've got i have an interview question Okay. It's a very quick, very simple one. Um, do your favorite foods or drinks make common appearances in your novels? Hmm. You know, I, well, Beck does like Chinese food and I love Chinese food. Oh yeah. But the food and drink in my, my favorite food and, and drink is in Kata where she goes to this other world and yeah. they're, there, she gets drunk on this blue drink that she doesn't know what it is. She, and then she goes and fights an assassin, which that's a whole nother story. She, yeah, that, that's one of my favorite scenes in that entire book, but I do love describing the food and drink that, that was something that I grew up, I read, um, uh, what is, it's a D and D series. It was one of the first fantasy novels I ever read. And it's a series with Raceland and, Tannis, the half elf, and I've heard you talk about it, but I don't remember the name. Dragonlance. Dragonlance. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. The way they describe the food in that <laughs> series, you're sitting there, your mouth is watering. You want Tika's potatoes, the cheesy potatoes. So I do love to do that in my novels. I try very hard to bring food into my novels because. Food is important and it's something all of us can relate to. And if we can get across that smell and that taste and that richness, I love it. What yeah. about you? Yeah, I think Max drink of choice was vodka soda. And I didn't really realize that until I decided to do this question. And vodka what? soda is usually my drink of choice. And so I was like, huh, I guess I guess I gave it to Mac. But uh, otherwise, I don't think I describe food very often, which is funny because Mac is a chef 
but she doesn't ever really talk about her food that much. She has a lot of other things going on, so she doesn't yeah. really get to talk about her food with this book. In book two, you'll have to bring in some more food. I definitely I, I will. Food is really, I mean, I love food. Um, yeah. And that first series, the Dragonlance series, what did an excellent job. And so in every book, my, um, my book with uh, my very first book, the twin saga, there's food. I described the food. I think it's very important to describe the food and the drink because that brings your reader into. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Interesting. interesting. I never really thought about it to that detail, but yeah, I think it's super important. That's why I like doing these random little questions for our books. Uh, I think it's fun to talk about, um, you know, these little details that like otherwise you wouldn't necessarily think about putting them in there, but you, you have. Um, and I think we it's, could, we could do a mini episode on food and drinks and we probably could. Our books. I think that would be a great, I would love to talk about that one. That'd be great. I think we would end up very hungry by the end. <laughs> we would definitely have to have our food with us instead of saying, I already ate. It's upstairs. Right, right. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Um, go check out our website. We're at eatdrinkrightpodcast.com. You can contact us there, find our social media there, find all our episodes there. We got links to YouTube and Buzzsprout and Spotify, all those good things. Um, Thank you to our patron. We, we love her. Thank you to uh, Lena Lux for giving us the topic to talk about. We are so excited. If you all have topics, send them to us. If you all have jokes, send them to us because at some point you all are going to be throwing rotten tomatoes at your computer screen. Um, but we, we do. We love y'all. This is so much fun. We want to talk about what you want us to talk about. So give us more ideas and we will see you next time. Thanks, guys.